Jason Wilson, in his best-selling book, Cry Like a Man, Emancipation from Emotional Incarceration, said that every boy needs a crew, every man needs camaraderie and a safe space to not only express his emotions, but also release them, venting his cares to someone who cares. In an effort to create a space where brothers could connect in a no-judgment zone and just share, the You Good Bro God idea was birthed. You Good Bro is the nation's number one gathering for black men to become the best versions of themselves through a monthly convening of like-minded brothers who fellowship in a private, safe space for transparency, vulnerability, and liberation. Here, we embrace the realities of being black men while strategizing on how to be better examples of what healthy manhood is. With emphasis on men, especially black men, and our inability to communicate, cope, and cultivate relationships in a healthy manner, the You Good Bro podcast is created. Powered by Anchor and sponsored by the main initiative, the goal of the number one podcast in the world is to keep You Good Bro the household name it has become, liberating brothers from across the country. Let's keep the conversation going, brothers. Peace. Thank you for joining us. This is the first episode of a three-part series, COVID-19, Family, Faith, and Finances. This episode, we're talking about faith and how it's being impacted by uh, the coronavirus and the pandemic. That's 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 global right now, but as of right now, it's hitting home and, and showing up in our local towns and cities. Um, so this episode, we'll talk about faith um, and we'll go into detail. We'll have... Um, guests come on and speak, Ken and another um, guest will come on and speak about faith and how it's being impacted. Mind you, we're doing to, to honor the social distancing and trying to keep each other safe. We're doing this from remote locations. Um, so just a, a disclaimer that there will be, you'll hear some, some technical difficulties that we experience in terms of the audio quality in some instances where it sounds like it's scrambled somewhat, but the content is still there. Um, so just bear, keep that in mind and bear with us. Um, but the information is there and there's definitely some gems being dropped. So stay tuned. And um, again, this is the first of the three part series. So we'll be releasing um, at least two other episodes um, to talk about COVID-19 and how we're being impacted in terms of family, faith and finances. Peace. All right. Welcome. Welcome. This is uh, another episode of You Good, Bro. Um, Me and Jay and Ken were sitting around talking and uh, Jay actually gave us a call and was talking about everything going on in light of COVID-19, coronavirus and everything and how it's affecting all of us. Um, but he summed it up in three different ways that it's impacting us mostly, um, and that's finances, faith, and family. Um, so the episode you're getting right now, this is actually part of a, a three-part series that's covering those three subject matters and those three areas. Um, so we got myself, Stephanie McGee, Jasmine Spain, Kenneth Joyner, and Adrian on the line. Um, Ken and Adrian will be covering the piece uh, more so from a um, expertise or just coming from their perspective in terms of family we will all be providing feedback um, but we're going to allow Ken and Adrian to really elaborate and um, shed some light on the subject and how family is a big part of what's going on in general but also in relation to COVID-19 and the coronavirus and the spread and all of those things um, so 
we'll go through and just introduce ourselves. I know y'all, a lot of you all who are going to be paying attention to this one specifically um, called our first episode. We appreciate the, uh, the support and everything. Um, so we're just going to dive in and introduce ourselves formally because I don't think we really did that on the first one. It was just something we were excited about doing. Nah. We just kind of got our face over that. So we're going to do that. Um, I'll let Jazz go, um, start out, and lead the way. Go ahead, Jay. All right, uh, Jasmine Spain, um, Chief Veterinary Officer and Founder of the Main Initiative, stands for Males Addressing Issues and Needs, uh, also the Founder and CEO of You Good Bro Incorporated. Ken, what's up? Yeah, Kenneth Joyner, um, co-owner of Therapeutic Interactions Counseling Services. Uh, for now, um, that's all I can really roll out. I got some more stuff coming down the pipe um, with some media content centered around some uh, spiritual and therapeutic, um, like a merger between spiritual and therapeutic uh, concepts, but got to get the legality straight before I roll that name out, but I'm here. Respect. Adrian, what's up with you, bro? All right, um, I'm Adrian White. I'm the owner of Accelerated Elevation. Peace. Welcome, Adrian. All right, I'm Stephanie. Appreciate McGee. y'all for having. Yeah, no, no doubt, no doubt. Stephanie McGee, as I said before, um, I wear a few different hats. First off, I'm a father of two young boys, Christian and Carter McGee. Christian's five, Carter's two. Husband of Tanisha McGee, my queen. Um, we own a childcare center. Um, also, uh, founder of Masterminds at Work, nonprofit organization, with the focus of helping African American males and the African-American community as a whole with a specific focus on African-American males. Um, Jazz was kind of short on his introduction. He mentioned you good, bro, and being the founder, but this is his brainchild, um, this whole process about creating a safe space for men, especially men of color, to be able to have a space to vent, um, get positive feedback from each other, and just grow and try and elevate ourselves so we can be the best men that we possibly can for our families and our community. So don't let them try and brush that under the rug like it's not a big deal. <laughs> No, it's a major deal. It's a major deal. These monthly Venus have actually changed some lives, man. Um, you'd be you'd be surprised. Well, I won't say you'd be surprised, but some of the feedback that you know you get from brothers from just having that experience, you know, and like you mentioned, you know, creating that safe space for transparency and vulnerability, man. I mean, it's priceless for brothers. You know, we have so many different uh, feelings bottled up, emotions bottled up, ideas bottled up, you know. And we just want to share it and get it out. And it doesn't all have to be negative. Most people, you know, tie emotions uh, to negativity, man. Um, when there's, there's there are a lot of positive uh, factors that go into being, you know, letting out their emotions, you know. And everybody has a voice. And sometimes there's a lot of brothers who just feel like they don't have a voice, you know. And so that's the purpose of, you know, extending the conversation with this podcast. So, and we uh, usually the of every month, but those Saturdays could adjust just depending upon the availability of our venue. But uh, but yeah, highly encourage any brothers that are out there that you know want to commune with you know, like-minded brothers in a, in a safe and transparent uh, type of environment. You know, and, and accountability. You know, all are welcome. Yeah, I remember when Kenneth told me about it um, about what you guys were doing and how you're speaking and everything you're trying to do with the you good, bro. Um, the first thing I thought about was just how iron sharpens iron mm. and how men, we need other men. You know, a lot of times we get to a certain age in which we feel like, 
you know, no one can really tell us anything. I'm grown. But all actuality, like, we need other men. We need to sharpen each other. We need to support one another because only people who know what we are going through is each other. So the fact that you guys were able to start the, you good, bro, you guys coming together, I, I think that's great. I can't wait to get to Greenville to be a part of one of those. Yeah. And essentially, man, you know, just to piggyback off what you just said, it's like the hashtag that we rock with is the mental health movement. But the emphasis in the mental health movement is men heal men. You know, mm. we have to do our part as brothers to, you know, you know, join into that fight to ensure that we're good. You know? So. Yeah. All right. So let's go ahead and dive in. Jay, can you kind of give us a, a nod told him about how you, this was kind of your brainchild, everything, but specifically this three-part series. Talk a little bit about how you came, um, how it pretty much settled on your spirit, man, to, to talk about these three areas. But since we're touching on family tonight, speak specifically to that. Yeah. Um, you know, during this process, man, you know, uh, for the season of Lent, you know, I've been, you know, going through this process of fasting and, you know, you know, the good Lord, you know, kind of dropped in my spirit one night, you know, I've been like, you know, been going through a level, certain levels of changes, you know, and the Lord has been dealing with me in a lot of different ways. So in the mix of, you know, walking through the crib, I was headed over to get, you know, some things so I could take a shower. And as soon as I opened the door to get my towel and stuff, man, he just dropped in my spirit. It's like, hold up, stop. I need you to get with the brothers and I need a three part series on this coronavirus because it's just getting out of control. And he's like, we need to talk about the top three areas, the most critical areas that are being affected by this. And that's the family, that's the finances and their faith. And so, you know, just following through and being obedient, man, I had to let you all know. And so, you know, all things are go. And so here we are right now. And so tonight uh, we'll address the faith Another night we're going to address the finances, and another night we're going to address the family component. So I think it's a good conversation that we need to have. Um, and then just being obedient, you know, somebody's going to get blessed because of it, you know, because we all need each other. These are times that I don't know about anybody else that I never thought we'd be encountering something like this. So, and this is a global, this ain't, this ain't a, a, a Greenville thing or a state of North Carolina thing or a countrywide thing. This is global. So... Sure. And I, I misspoke. I apologize talking about the family piece. I know this one is on faith, so forgive me for that. I kept saying fans. Too many F's for me, you know. <laughs> you good. You good. Um, so Ken, talk about your walk with faith, bro. Ooh. Um yeah, man. Um got introduced to God, I got introduced to God at a young young age, early age. Um, mom and dad were heavy in the church by the time I was born, uh, and they eventually became ministers and eventually became pastors. But uh, when you talk about a faith walk, it's levels, man. And when you get into it, you realize that you get exposed to spirituality or religion, but then you go through some adverse situations that really make you hit those points to say, okay, I need something deeper. So um, my faith walk really took a step to the next level, um, I would say in 2013. Kind of hit a space where it was like an early midlife crisis, where it was like, where do I go next? And um, God willing, uh, I was able to, to find him and not turn to, to other things that were kind of around me at the time. So, I mean, since then, man, just 
finding him and finding my spiritual walk has been a great journey, man. Like it's, it's critical because it's the only thing that I can say that has been, I guess, sturdy in a world full of things that change, man. Even even in relationships, even in friendships. Like I love the people that I'm around. I love family, but they go through changes and they go through situations where they can always be there. But spirituality has always been there for me. Once I connected in the way that I needed to, it's the one thing that I could count on to be sturdy uh, throughout the walk. Yeah, yeah. That's real. Adrian, time in, man. Talk about your, your experience. Um, so it's real interesting. I, growing up, I would go to church from time to time. Um, my mom and a few of my aunts were Jehovah witness. Mm. Then I kind of fell away from it all through college. I started going back to church when I got, when I went to undergrad, that's when I just started going back to church, but I don't really think I grasped the true understanding of faith, honestly, until I went through my divorce. Mm. And that was when that was the that was the hardest thing I ever had been through. A lot of the things that I've been through, I've always had been smart enough to just think my way out of it or always to put things into perspective. But it was at that moment when I learned that, you know, faith is a it's an action and it yeah. only can be brought out in adversity. And so I learned that through the hardest moment of my life, which was going through my divorce. And so now I understand that faith is really just a it's it's a mindset. Mm-hmm right? It has nothing to do with what you are going through. So as I begin to grow in my faith and with my relationship with God, and that's just, that's what built me back up to where I am at today. Mm-hmm. That's deep. I like that. I like that. So you, you spoke about adversity, and that's kind of what brought you back into full fold into, into faith. Talk about how we're talking about adversity, this is a pretty adverse situation for a lot of people in regards to COVID-19 coronavirus. So give the people some insight on some tools that they can use in regards to getting back to being faithful through this, this tough time. Okay. Okay. So the first thing is we have to really understand what faith kind of is, right? Talk about and so it. when we just base it off of the biblical definition, it's the, substance of things hoped for yet unseen so you don't know you have faith until you're in a situation where you cannot see a favorable outcome Mm. it literally has nothing to do what's going on around you so a lot of times when we get in these adverse situations um like how now how we have COVID 19 Mm. and people are struggling they have their family members being sick they're becoming sick small businesses are suffering people are getting laid off from jobs and what, what, what is being shown is that people really don't have faith in God as mm-hmm. really their provider. They look to money. They rely on all of these other things. They rely on their own ability to generate wealth for themselves. But mm-hmm. when you have real faith in God, it doesn't matter what you go through. You still are at peace. Mm-hmm. Like when you look at people in the Bible, like Paul was good when he was in the prison. Mm-hmm. Right? They were good when they were getting stoned. Anything that was going on with them, regardless of their environment they were good and these were men of faith Mm -hmm. and so that's what we have to understand and i feel like the reason why a lot of our faith is weak because when we get in adverse situations we want to run out of them quick rather Mm -hmm. than allow that to rather than allow that experience or that situation to increase our bond with god then when we come out of it 
we're that much stronger, we're that much more reliant on him, and we learn different things throughout that whole process. Mm -hmm. That's real. I like that. As opposed to, as opposed to taking it from us, you know, help take us through this, you know, and that where that faith leans in. So you, you pretty much, you know, you act like you said. Faith is an action, so you act. You know, what I'm saying as if it depends on you, but you have faith like it depends on God, though. You know what I mean? You do your part. You let the man upstairs do his part. All right. Yeah, I, I agree completely. It's all about what you can control. It's all about, you know, your mindset. And if you can do it in an adverse situation, then no matter what you go through, you're not shaken. You're not rattled. And I think a lot of people base their faith on, like, one place where a lot of people go wrong is they base their faith and their relationship on God with their circumstances, when God really has nothing to do with this world. He has nothing. Just because you have faith in God, it doesn't say that you will be happy, right? It doesn't say that things will always be good. But one of the benefits of faith is, you know, you're a, you're a child of God. You're a part of that kingdom. So now you get the joy. So no matter what the situation looks like, you can always have joy when you have faith in God. You know, as you continue to read the word, you begin to value the things that God wants you to value. And those things that you begin to value really have nothing to do with what's going on around you. It has nothing to do with how much money you have, right? It has nothing to do with your business. It has nothing to do with whether you're in good health. It has nothing to do with whether you're in prison, right? And so it's that mindset that produces the joy and the peace. These are the benefits of having faith. Yet we consume so many other things that warp and shape what faith really is, what, what having a relationship with God, you know, really is. And it's in those times of hardship. And even with this one going on, like with us not being able to be social and be out and about, this is a time that I really hope people capitalize on to be alone, to really sit there and process some things, look at your thoughts, look at your emotions concerning certain situations so that you can get yourself to a neutral state so that you can clearly hear God, so that you can clearly receive things from him. And then as you begin to build that relationship of going back and forth, hearing how he talks to you, he really will begin to break that word down so we really get transformed. So now you're no longer worried about what's going on around you. Only thing you're concerned about is the things that he wants you to be concerned about. And that alleviates the anxiety, that alleviates the, the depression. So, hey, even when I'm laid off, you know, I know I've never missed a meal, right? I know I may have to struggle. I know I may have to stay with these other people, yet here I am. I've been through so many things, and God has kept me still. So why worry? The only way I worry is when I'm focused on things of this world. And you can't do both because our God is not a God of this world. What you think, Ken? Man, I mean, he's right. He's right on point with that. And and to go further, um, when when you talk about faith and the importance of faith, like Adrian was saying, when you talk about adverse situations and recognizing that God is not of this world, and recognizing that your circumstance doesn't determine your faith, and you could take it a step further by saying that you you welcome the faith walk because. Once you find out that you can't, so the things unseen, he talked about the things not seen. So circumstances that you've never seen before, you just have to believe that you'll get mm -hmm. through them and just trust that it'll work out for the good. So once you get through them, there's a level of like growth in your mind because now you know that 
your strength lies in the Lord. So you know that your faith allows you to go through anything and whatever runs in front of the situation inside of it, you can panic. But if you have faith and you get through it, then now we just have another situation that we've just conquered. So now when we see another situation like this, it's nothing for us to be able to, I guess, flex our faith muscle because God has added another thing to your arsenal, so to speak. So like, that's why it's so critical to be, to hold on to that faith tight. So the faith of a mustard seed, you hold on to that tight, but what happens is it continues to grow as you continue to go through adverse situations. Mm-hmm. So I like to look at it as you have a natural eye and then you have a spiritual eye. With your right. natural eye, you see what's going on around you. Mm-hmm. But with your spiritual eye, you're able to know that regardless of what you see, like Paul in the prison, regardless of what you see, that result, when you go past that adversity, you become stronger. Right. So I'm going to ask this question. Maybe a little sensitive, but I'm going to ask it anyway. So when you guys are speaking from a place of faith, are you speaking strictly about your faith as Christians? I'm assuming that you guys are coming from a Christian perspective. Are you speaking strictly about Christian faith? Are you like when you say God, are you talking about the God of the Bible? Are you talking about God in terms of like a, a, a bigger concept in terms of like the universe or just from a general stance of spirituality? versus coming from a religious, a specific religious context. Like, can this concept of faith be applied to somebody who is not in the church or operating out of the Bible? So, um, for me, like, it goes across the board. So me as a behavioral health specialist, I do encounter people that are from all walks of faith, all walks of religion. Um, and then I have some people that don't believe in God. They've gone through situations where they just say, I don't believe in God. They'll say, I believe in a higher power. I believe that, like you said, that I believe in, in energy or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. But the proof is in the pudding, so to speak. So <clears throat> me, I love analogies. I'm a big athletics fan. So like, even if you look at athletics, and anybody who's played athletics, you can see the concept of faith in athletics. You can see like the concept of perseverance. I look at the concept of perseverance um, as the closest thing to faith where you, you can't be ready for anything if you've gone through nothing. You know what I'm saying? So like <clears throat> the only thing that matters, I feel like for people is what you believe. And faith is all about belief. So even if you don't want to buy into the full like Christianity concept or the full uh, religion concept or spirituality concept, belief is what it is. Belief is what it is. Like belief is where it starts. So when we talk about faith, faith is about believing that something that hasn't transpired yet is going to come to pass. So Right, right. So it's vision. It's, it's vision based. So like faith is vision based, the ability to have vision beyond what you see right in front of you. So, like, you don't necessarily have to buy into a specific religion to buy into the concept of faith, to buy into the concept. And and the thing about it is, um, if you don't buy into the concept of it, you set yourself up. Like COVID-19, we look at what we got going on. The only thing we have right now is the hope that we can get beyond this, the hope of what it's going to look like on the tail end. Regardless of what you feel is going to happen, you have a vision of what it looks like when this thing slows down. Mm-hmm depending on how positive that thought is, is going to be how you're going to maneuver through this situation. So if I feel like, oh, once this is done, 
I'll be good and I'll continue to move my life like I'm supposed to move it or like I feel like I'm supposed to move it to be set up for when it comes out of here. So I don't want to spend all of my money because I feel like when it comes out, things will be in place and I need to be able to do what I need to do. But if I panic and don't feel like I'm going to get out of this situation, then I'll go haywire and spend my money or go left and, and live reckless. And then I set myself up for failure. So faith is a precursor to being able to get to the next step to succeed and what, at whatever level. All right. You said a lot. So how does that, you, when you first started out, you talked about, you, you kind of mentioned the, the link or the common thread between um, faith and your profession in terms of behavioral health or mental health. How can you, how do you translate that, the, the concept of spirituality and faith into helping someone in the mental health or behavioral health aspect as a client? In terms of uh, faith, correct. How do you how do you how do you bridge the gap between faith and spirituality and mental health practice or counseling, therapy, therapeutic interventions with clients? So everything is mental, and I'll, I'll break it down to I guess the the common um, the most common concept that I give uh, across the board. So I tell people it's not like when we talk about circumstance. So your circumstance doesn't determine what you actually feel it's all about your mind and how you see it mm -hmm. so i use the example of back in school when i was younger one of the no-nos was like stepping on somebody with fresh shoes you get what i'm saying so you step on somebody with fresh shoes they may flip out on you however it's people in this world that's not from a certain culture that if you step on their shoes and be like oh my fault they're gonna be like man you're fine these are your shoes you get what i'm saying mm -hmm. so it's not the actual act that causes the problem is the belief about the act. And that's kind of like the, the elementary level that I bring it to people to basically say, your mind is what sets up how you react to whatever it is. So it's all in between your ears. It's not the actual circumstance. So that's kind of where I come from. From the That's real. So it's like you were saying, it's not the actual act. It's what you think about the act that determines how you respond. And um, one example that I always use when I'm teaching about um, CBT and thoughts, feelings, and actions, um, my first job that I got, and all of the kids had went home except for one. So when I went outside to talk to the kid to try to get him to come back in the house, he was flipping out on me. He was, I ain't going in, you BA this, you that. He started walking up on me, right? So at that time, my thought was, okay, he's being disrespectful, right? And so I immediately, I became defensive. I felt disrespected. I felt humiliated. And so since he was being aggressive by walking towards me, I ended up restraining him, right? So you fast forward a few months later, a totally different kid, same thing happened. All of the other kids had left. Hey, it's time for you to come in the house. He starts going off on me, right? But at that time, my mindset wasn't, so you have the same event. My thought process wasn't, oh, um, here's this kid being disrespectful. It was, dad, everybody left, and this is the one kid who has no family to go home to. So this kid is hurt, this kid is angry, and he does not know how to express himself effectively. So since I thought about the situation differently, my whole response was different now. Now I step back, well, okay, take some time to cool down. And then I just sat out there from a distance. Then he ended up coming to talk to me. We went and got ice cream, came back to the house. Everything was good. So the only thing, the situation didn't change, right? The circumstance didn't change. The only thing that changed was how I saw that situation. And so that's pretty much what we do when we're doing 
working with people with mental health and um, addiction. We try to really get them to change their thoughts, to try to identify another thought. And once you're able to do that, everything else just flows from it. No, no, no. Well, my, my question is this, in talking to you brothers about faith, you sharing your faith walk, tell me exactly how, how, how do you, how do you tell a family that's affected by it where parents have become unemployed um, or maybe a family member has, uh, has the actual virus or um, I don't know. I mean, there's so many different, it's, it's like a domino effect, you know, um, or even, or even the fact of the fear that comes along with it because one of the things of in my time and when the Lord was speaking to me about it, I, I questioned him. I was like, but what about fear? He was like, nah, he, he was like, the issue ain't fear, it's the lack of faith. And so we need to talk about how can we strengthen the faith, but how do you strengthen the faith of somebody who does not even know what faith is, you know, have, has no belief system at all, you know? So how, how do you have that conversation with someone that that is is in that you know and you're coming in contact and you're encountering that they have no faith in this being over, no faith in the healthcare system, no faith, definitely no 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 faith in our leadership for the country. You know how do how do you engage in that kind of dialogue with someone? And, and that's well, kind of, for, that's what I'll be personally. Into. First, I like to start with their feelings, right? Because faith and feelings are. Oh, okay, because faith and feelings is two different things. Mm -hmm. So you can be a man of faith, but will you still be scared sometimes? Yes. Will you still get angry sometimes? Yes. Will you still be hurt? All of these feelings are still the same. So when I deal with someone who's been in that situation, the first thing I always try to do is just normalize how they feel. I try to meet them right where they are at. And then I try to move them towards what I like to call neutral thinking. Right. So that's not negative thinking or positive thinking. So I don't sit here and say, hey, you know, let's focus on the positive. You know, how can you tell somebody to focus on the positive when their mom or dad just lost their job? And like you said, now it's a trickle down effect. Right. So now they may not have food. Um, someone may be sick. That may have been the rock in the family. So you have all of these things going on. So how can you sit there and tell somebody, OK, well, let's focus on the positive. I don't want to hear nothing about the positive. Right. So in the beginning, I always try to just work on that relationship. I try to listen. I try to understand their feelings. I try to make sure I validate their feelings, you know, let them know that they matter. Then again, like I was saying, I try to move them to neutral thinking. What we can't control, let's look at what we can't control, right? And then I use kind of motivational interviewing and different questions to try to assist them coming up the answer for themselves. Right, because the more you can kind of take the the feelings away and move the emotion to the side and look at the facts of what's going on, then you give them the opportunity to make a choice. Then I do nothing. What's going to happen? Versus, okay, I can try to do this. I can try to do this. Yeah, it still falls back down to them. And so that way, you are still helping them see things clearly. You're giving them that different perspective you're still building them up you're still encouraging them but you're allowing them to make the decisions for a walk it's a walk you gotta walk on your own right i can't give you faith i can't 
make your faith increase. But what I can't do is give you the tools to help you look at the situation from a neutral standpoint so which you can make decisions that are not based on positive or negative feelings. And that's not, that's not the, and not, not to interrupt you, Ken, but that's, that's, so Adrian, that's not a, from a therapeutic standpoint, that's, that's generally how you handle all matters. Like since this has occurred and anybody that has come, come your way, that's how you, that's how you handle it right there. Excluding the profession. That's therapeutic too. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so what I was saying, that that's therapeutic too. That's the, one of the first things we're always taught is to validate where someone is, right? And that's the whole premise of CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, is really working with people on their thoughts. And so me, I'm fortunate enough to have the therapeutic piece and the spiritual piece. So I see how it all literally like winds together perfectly, right? And, and, it, and, it, and, it, and it meshes so perfectly that it's always easy for me to articulate it because it makes sense. You validate the person by you validating them. That helps you get the relationship with them. Right. And then by me coming in, I'm not coming in telling you how you're feeling is right or wrong. Right. And then as I continue to meet with you, as we continue to develop that bond in which you see, hey, it's no judgment here. You know, one thing I always tell my clients when I first meet them in that first meeting, I say, you know, you're the expert on your life. I'm not. I'm just a tool. So I'm here to assist you to help you reach whatever goals you have set. So if you come in here and you lie and you're not open, we'll be working on a lie. If you come in here, and you tell me the truth. We'll work on the truth. So you'll get out of it what you put in. And that takes everything off of me and it puts it onto them. Because that's 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 how I approach therapy. That's how I approach relationships. That's how I approach kids that I mentor. You know, I try to build up, I try to give you the room to grow from within rather than me telling you what you should think or what you should do. So I, I got a quote that I um that I shared with Jazz and Ken. Was it earlier today? Or was it yesterday? Yesterday. Yesterday. Um, and part of faith is being led um, and being open enough to to what the message is that, that's being put on your heart or being put on your spirit or whatever you want to say. And so I was reading, I'm reading a book, um, In Tune with the Infinite, by uh, Ralph Waldo Trine. Um, and so I was reading this passage, and the first person I thought about was Ken. As soon as I finished reading this one particular passage, Ken popped in my mind. Um, and then not long after that, Jazz ended up saying something, putting something in our group chat that, that laid on his spirit that tied everything together. And we had those moments all the time, man. But this one specifically said, and I read it, it says, faith, absolute dogmatic faith is the only law of true success. When we recognize the fact that a man carries his success or his failure with him and that it does not depend on outside conditions, um, we will come into possession of powers that will quickly change outside conditions into agencies that make for success. And so to me, that kind of sums up what we've said so far in the sense that it's not even necessarily talking about faith from the spiritual aspect but like you guys are talking about in terms of a mindset and it comes from a specific perspective of being successful and know that it resides within you and it has nothing to do with outward conditions so you can be steady and firm in your faith when you have the right mindset regardless of what's going on outside of yourself and, 
and that quote sums it up 100%. It kind of goes back to what we were saying, where even if you don't believe in uh, a specific religion or you don't believe in, I guess, one of the, the norm, the normal figures of a higher power, um, it's still about like just having that 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 vision, that tunnel vision that, okay, it's something bigger than what I see, what I've ever been exposed to, what I see. And if I, um, one of my favorite podcasts, uh, the, uh, the Smoke Joint with uh, Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson, and when uh, God rested dead, when Kobe was up there, and Kobe was saying, yeah. uh, coming out of high school, he was ranked 170. Now, if you see his end result, you wouldn't even know that if you ain't know his story. Mm-hmm. He was like, he was ranked number 70. He was like, it was cats like Mike Bibby and all of them ranked above him. Like, Bibby was one of the top ones in the state. I mean, in the nation or whatever. And he was like, he was aiming for him. He was like, yo, I got to go get him. Every time I see him, I'm going to kill him. And, and it wasn't because, it, it was like he was shooting through them. And he knew, I want to be the best ever. I've never seen what the best ever looks like because I've never touched that grand goal is to get it one And I look at it like what you were saying, like it's just, like we hold the tools. And the only reason why he has the ability to even, to even have an opportunity is, man, I'm 170 and I'm just number 170 in the nation. That's probably how good I'm going to be. Then he plays at that level. Yeah. He go out there and he try to dog everything in front of him. And that's that belief. That's that next level belief. And faith works the same way. So you can flip the switch and put it in any place where God sent his only begotten son to leave the Holy Ghost here for him to guide me to wherever I go. So whenever I get a decision, whenever I get a, a feel and confirmation, much like I do when I talk to you brothers, mm-hmm. like, it's in my head then. You can't tell me nothing. You can stand in the way. And my circumstance mm-hmm. may knock me down. Like, I look at my situations and I look at failures and I say, okay, that just means it won't supposed to go that way. Mm-hmm. But I will never stop. And when we talk about that faith and we talk about that belief, think about faith, the faith walk, and I think about the word becoming. Mm-hmm. Adrian. Mm-hmm. A lot. I took that from him, but I took It's not about knowing. It's not about avoiding. It's not about uh, in the here and now, taking it in, like you said, from a neutral standpoint, and then putting in the works that you know are for that moment right then and there. Not expecting. I look at uh, one of my philosophies in terms of behavioral health is I tell people, if you wanna if you wanna get rid of anxiety and depression at the core level, if you wanna get rid of anxiety, don't look forward. If you wanna look get, get rid of depression, don't look back. If you stay in the here and now, a lot of times you can get rid of a lot of those anxious thoughts and those depressive thoughts. Depression a lot of times comes from reflection on the past, regrets. And anxiety a lot of times comes from uh anticipation. Mm-hmm. Uh anticipation where you fear something or it, uh, you feel overwhelmed because it's too. Mm-hmm. Because faith allows you to say something exists out there, but I just got to operate in the here and now and believe that whatever that is is going to be for the best as long as I put my works in place for this this moment, this very moment. 
That's a solid, that's a solid comment right there, man. You know, um, perspective, you know, cause God ain't a God of confusion. You know what I mean? And that's what we dealing with right now. A lot of chaos and confusion. Um, and he's the one that will give you that infinite peace, you know? So, and you talk about the Holy spirit. That was, you know, one of the things about the Holy spirit, you know, that's like the sixth sense, you know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? It's like that third eye, you know what I'm saying? And so having that faith, you know, is that piece of the Holy Spirit that comes in and it's, it reminds you it's going to be okay. You know what I mean? Don't worry about that. You know, I'll take care of the food. I'll take care of the, the shelter. You know, I'll take care of the job. You know what I mean? You just step back, let me do it. You know, and if you, and one of the things about faith is we try to control it. We try to control things. That ain't, you know, you know, it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like working on a working at a job, you know. And you hire somebody to do a job, but you hire them on on faith that they're gonna get it right. done. But you got your hands all in it. What was me even hiring you for if I'm gonna do it myself? Right. You know, it's kind of like the the, the saying like you all you remember back in the day you used to see the license plates that said yeah. God is my dad. You know, he he is a pilot. You know what I'm saying? You just ride. Right. <laughs> and let him do his thing you know what i'm saying so so even in this situation with covid man you know you just got to ride shotgun man listen got that third eye open operate off that sixth sense man and just just let him do his thing so so that that's all good stuff so if i'm a client coming to either one of you king or adrian i'm depressed I'm anxious. I'm all of those things because I don't have no income. I just got laid off my job. My 401k savings are gone because it stopped. Like, <laughs> I need faith. I need. I need something. How am I gonna get through this? Like, what? What can you? What would you say to somebody in that situation, um, from a faith and a mental health perspective, to get them through, or at least help them find some sense, some grounding? All right, so we back from the quick break. Um, so before we left off, we were talking about a scenario. So um, again, I'm the client. I'm speaking from a hypothetical situation. So universe, don't hold this against me. I'm not speaking this into existence for myself. <laughs> so I'm the client. I'm a black man. I just lost my job. I got laid off because of um, the situation surrounding the coronavirus and the pandemic and everything. I don't have no way to provide for my family. I'm depressed, I'm anxious, I'm all over the place. I ain't got no faith. I ain't got no faith in the moment. What can you all do as therapists, whether it be from a spiritual perspective or just a mental health, behavioral perspective, help me. I need help. So uh, <laughs> we can talk about it from both perspectives. So uh, Adrian, if you want to lead off, like you can talk about it from the mental health or the spiritual. Um, okay. So. Me in a therapeutic setting, the first thing I'm going to do is I want to listen, right? I want to listen. I want to validate your feelings. I want to give you that space to really get out everything that you're feeling, right? And initially, I'm not going to really try to, you know, look at things from a positive situation. Initially, my concern has to be with your concern, right? And us as black you know, men, you know, our number concern is going to be God. We're going to want to 
to make sure our wives are good. We're going to want to make sure that our children are good. So on this phone, right? Let me look through my Rolodex of the different resources that the county or the, mm -hmm. or the city that I'm in provide. Right. Let's see what we can do about some shelter. Let's, and it may have to be homeless shelters, but hey, let, let's look. I'm here with you. That's the one thing I want you to know. Okay, you came to me. You're not in this alone. Let's look and see what resources we can find. Okay, what are some current resources that you already have? Is there anybody you can call? Sometimes you may get some pushback now, nah, but they ain't gonna pick so that you can make sure your family's good. And by me doing that, now instantly we bond. And you know how we are as black men. Once you show us that you, if, if we are vulnerable with each other, and once I show you that I'm there, you're going to trust me now, right? Now we're here. Sure. So that just allows sure. the relationship and the, the therapeutic process to go so much further along now. Because when you came to me in dire need with nowhere else to go, I was there. And from there, you just keep building on that, building on that. Once we make sure the family good once we make sure you know the shelter and stuff like that is good now we can go ahead and begin to talk about whether whether it's planning um whether it's goals whether it's working with you on your thoughts and feelings and processing different things like that so that's where i will start and then with, with my faith piece when i go home i'm gonna get on my knees right and i'm gonna say god you know what's going on and then i'm gonna take it to him but in that setting at that very moment my thought is not to get on my knees and pray know why they may, but it's mm -hmm. nothing that I push on anybody who you know I talk to because that can easily turn people away you know so my thing is you know um you know they got a saying of you know instead of praying for the blessing be the blessed be the miracle through the way that people dealt you know with me also through my education and through my training to approach the situation that way all right that's real and so you you hit on what you the way you started that that's real about how you come from a place and now they've been trying to provide a solution. You highlighted about talking about situations that they've been in before and how they've learned from those situations. So for me, when I talk about or to the line and what you guys have stated about, um, it comes from a place of hope and things unseen pretty much, right? But my perspective, I, I feel that, and, and it complements it, but my perspective is that hope, that faith is grounded also in, in knowing, in something that actually has happened. So based on your experiences, I tell people that I work with, people that I mentor, clients that I have, whatever the case may be, is that you're undefeated when it comes to life. If you're still here right now, there's no situation in life that has defeated you. So why would you think anything otherwise that this situation is any different? You have what you you have the tools that you need to be able to navigate the situation and come out of it. And again, to highlight what you guys are talking about, it starts with the mindset. So that's big that you come from that perspective to start out with like all right let's highlight the resources but let's also talk about some situations that you've overcome that's huge and i think that when we talk about faith sometimes we overlook the importance of that but you got to start with something that a win you got to highlight a win like bro you've been through things yeah this is highlighted because it's global and stuff like that but when you look at the foundation of it it's the same thing bro you've been on the floor before you had to pull strings to make ends meet to provide for your family. So it's a different, from that perspective, you, I think 
I'm sure you're going to find that common ground with whoever it is that you're working with, especially a black man, because it's real. So you can't run from it. Like, bro, I've been through worse or I've been through something similar to this. This is a new situation, but the same way I, I navigated this other situation, I can use those tools and build on. So that's real. Ken, what's up, man? What you got? I need help, man. I still need oh, help. Man, I got you. I mean, y'all. <laughs> From a therapeutic standpoint, kind of what age was saying, man, that's why I validate and I'm going to show that compassion. So what I do is I connect with you. I validate like, man, that's tough. That's real. Like, I came in and tell you that you're not, uh, I guess, rightfully so to have uh, anxiety and depression when you're looking at this situation on the surface. So we're going to resources. I'll tell them, hey, let's call those bill companies and see. Um, if they're giving some type of relief program, some type of relief situation going on that can help us get through. But I'm a visual person, too. So I'm heavy. Like, my focus is actually on anxiety, depression, and trauma. Um, that's, like, one of my special areas. So when people Talk come in it. and they got this stuff going on, anxiety and depression, the first place I'm going is because we know what the situation is. You got to accept the reality that your situation has changed. But the place that I'm going is the intangible stuff that's adding to the stressors. So the not being able to sleep at night, the racing thoughts, the inability to focus and concentrate because all of these things are going on and it's a change in your family or your life dynamic. But then I'm going to put you on a journaling plan every night before you go to sleep. I'm going to have to teach you some meditation to ground your thoughts. When you get up and go into the day the next day because you need those tools to do anything that we got to get ready to do on a daily basis. Because when you wake up, you're going to wake up to that same situation over and over. So the other thing that I like to do, they don't realize it. So we're putting an actual plan together that you can look at every day. Because I'm a fan, I'm a firm believer that if you don't give yourself a picture, to watch, then your mind is going to scramble to try. We can go a little bit deeper into that as to how that connects to faith and why spiritual spirituality is critical. But we'll just stay here for now. But if I don't give you a picture of yourself every bro. day you wake up, come on, bro. Oh, wait, how man. you going to do that? Come on, man. Let's go. So, <laughs> but, but, okay, so let's. So, so let's. I just told you I need help, man. You, I apologize. I just ain't want to take up all y'all time. That's what this is about, though. Sheer transparency. Putting it out there. That's what. That's what. That's what it is. So give so us a the snippet, why, Exactly. So the reason why I'm heavy on spirituality, and I try to work it into my sessions. As soon as they give me, if they mm -hmm. give me a pinhole, I'm in there. So you give me a pinhole, I'm in there. And the reason why is because we, from emotional intelligence, from the first episode, we are emotional beings and beings of feeling by default. Meaning, you're gonna sway. When circumstances is coming, it's, it's coming purposely. The enemy is sending circumstances at you purposely to take your emotions and move them so you can try to use them as your decision makers. The thing that you need to do is you need to get grounded to something that does not sway. You need to get grounded mm -hmm. to something outside of you that does not sway. That's the reason why spirituality is so critical. So that's the same thing I bring when I say, let's make a plan. Give me your budget. Your budget doesn't sway if you put it down on paper. 
That's the reason why they say write it on paper and make it plain in block letters depending mm -hmm. on the translation that you're reading because you have that so you can go back to that when you wake up and your mind you just had a dream about a nightmare mm -hmm. that's got you all frazzled eight o'clock in the morning you mm -hmm. need something to recenter you it's actually research that shows the first 30 minutes of your day when you wake up whatever you pour into yourself in those first 30 minutes yeah. is going to set your tone so if you just had a nightmare if you ain't got nothing to recenter you guess what's going to happen that nightmare is going to go to the rest of your day and your mood. So for yeah. you, if you're coming to me and you're telling me I need this help, we got to come from all angles on this thing. So yeah, we got to give you resources and all that, but I need to have, I need to give you tools that's going to make you better when you come out of this thing. Cause you're running into a monster that you ain't never seen before. You can't fight them with the same things you've been fighting mm. with every day. And that's, that's on the resource side, the physical side, but also on the mental side as well. But I, I digress. <laughs> that boy digressed quick. But yeah, man. I mean, he he, 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 he done this rap. That's it. Man, just man, just dropped the mic, man. Mm -hmm. Man, just dropped the mic, man. That's that's crazy, kid. So that that's what it is. So I really I know you got more. Like you ain't you ain't empty the clip. So so we'll save that though, cause. Based on the feedback from from the family, the followers, the listeners, if y'all feel like y'all want us to dive deeper into this subject matter, mind you, this is just the first part of the three part series sure. in this COVID nineteen special. This quarantine special, you know what I mean? So, but we, if, if this is a subject matter that you all want us to go deeper on, this we can always have a part two just for this episode. Mm -hmm. But that'll be based off the feedback that we get. Um, and if Ken feels led, Adrian feels led to continue to expand on the situation. Um, but we're going to wrap this up um, real quick um, just for this episode. Um, so, Adrian, I'll I leave with you. You got any last words, man? Put your, put your information out there. The info is in the description, but let the people know a little bit about you, how they can All get in right, contact so again, with you. My name is Adrian White, founder of Accelerated Elevation. Um, you can email me at acceleratorelevation at gmail.com. You can also follow me on IG at Accelerated Elevation. Um, if it's any last point that I want to leave you guys with is, you know, when you have an adverse situation, try to align your thoughts so that you embrace it, right? You don't grow when things are easy. You don't grow when things are calm. So even with everything going on with COVID-19, this is an opportunity for you to grow and don't allow your feelings of anxiety or depression for you to miss this opportunity that's in front of you. Uh, appreciate you, bro. Ken. Y'all can uh, find me on Facebook, Kenneth TJ, uh, co-owner of Therapeutic, Therapeutic Interactions Counseling Services in Greenville, North Carolina. You can check me out at the website, www.therapeuticinteractions.com. I'm always open to free consultation, man. I'm here for the people. So if you got any questions, I led you to have any questions and you feel like I can help you, man, hit me up on one of my platforms. Jake, got any last words, man? Yeah, man. Um, just want to say, you know, Thank you to the listeners. Thank you to the guests. Um, just a reminder, uh, UGB monthly convenings take place. GK Cafe, 830 to 1130. 
Um, number one, convening the Black Men to discuss plug in there for the fourth annual Main Summit, October 9, 2020. Uh, the number one uh, summit in the world for black males. To all of you who push the agenda of black male achievement, lock in the date, October the 9th, 2020, for the number one summit in the country for black males in high school and college. The fourth annual Main Summit, Males Addressing Issues and Needs. Sponsored by the Main Initiative, this event will be reporting live and direct from the Greenville Convention Center, located in Greenville, North Carolina. The theme, Bridgecation, what they wouldn't teach us, dollars making sense. This year's focus will be on financial literacy, entrepreneurship, business, wealth, and the IQ and emotional intelligence to bring it all together. With some of the most dynamic keynote speakers from across the land, various expert presenters in the field of economics, networking opportunities with business owners, and ultimately addressing the need to be financially fit, the Summit team will provide an experience for young kings to develop and strengthen their perspective on finances and the impact that it has for the now and for the future. Stay tuned for more information regarding registration, call for proposals, exhibit and vendor displays, as well as volunteer opportunities. Want to make an impact serving as a sponsor or to donate to the cause? Hit us up at mainsummitinfo at gmail.com or phone at 252-689-8616. We'll also recognize our 2020 Main Man of the Year. So please spread the word, but more important, be there. See you at the summit in October. Peace.